if you're not making mistakes in your business or in your life, you're not learning and you're not growing. So mm. say yes to the mess is kind oh. of your way or our way of saying, I want to learn. I want to grow. So let me start someplace. And this is the place I'm starting. Welcome to season two of the podcast show with Kaivu Linueva, where podcast growth and monetization continues. Brought to you by Podkai Media a podcast production and marketing agency that helps functional medicine businesses increase their leads and sales. Visit their website at podkai.com. Hi, welcome back to the podcast show. And in this episode, this is actually a very exciting episode. I always tell that every episode is so exciting. But I hope that you can feel the energy that we have right now because I have here one of our clients, Nola and Lori. And the reason why I'm so excited is because what I feel right now is more of gratitude because I have been working with them since I was the only one doing everything in the business. And right now that I already have a team, I'm very grateful because they're still with me. And I'm not going to cry, but <laughs> I'm just really, really grateful. And and just to give you a quick background about Nola Boye and Lori Vida, they're both founders of Sticky Brand Lab and the host of Sticky Brand Lab podcast that empowers professional women to create the business and brand they love by providing small actionable steps for building a profitable side business. And Nola actually worked in the humanitarian field, which allowed her to travel to 16 developing countries with some of the most compassionate and enterprising women. And one fun fact about her is her very first side gig was creating G-strings out of sewing remnants and selling them to male strippers. That's really interesting. <laughs> and I thought sorry. I took that off our website. <laughs> Do you want me to take it off? Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> because I really searched for fun facts and that came up. So I wanted to share it with you. While Lori was actually a dating coach, which led her to pursue a new career as a digital marketer. And one fun fact about her is she loves to cook. She loves to bake. And of course, like me, she loves to eat. So <laughs> welcome, Nola and Lori, to the podcast show. Oh, my goodness. That was a fantastic <laughs> introduction. Can you it write sure the, was. the next one? Were you surprised? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. We are. No, this is awesome. This is great. Very often people will say, so tell us about yourself. Here's the name, obviously a seasoned podcaster. So that was definitely a professional introduction. Oh, thank Not you. Not only that, mm -hmm. but I would add it was a personalized introduction. Yes. So I yep. could definitely knew that you had done anything like that for a previous guest because the information that you brought out was focused on both NOLA and myself, which also reminds me, we were just having a discussion on email marketing marketing and talking about how do you personalize your email, especially a cold email. And if anybody wants to learn how to do that, they should take notes on your introduction because that's exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that lets the reader know, I know something about you. This isn't just a blast 
to a variety of people. I have no idea who they are. It's very much dedicated to you. So thank you for doing that for us. Oh, thank you for appreciating it. And actually, the reason why I really chose to do that is because I know that you have really fun personalities. And I want the listeners to, right off the bat, to know about your personalities. That's Aww. why, I, yeah, you have really have fun personalities. And I really love that about you. Okay, so let's jump right to it. But maybe I would like to start with sharing to our listeners one of the mantras that I always hear from you guys. And these mantra, it gives me the feel of the mantra that I hear from Three Idiots, which is all is well. Nola and Lori's mantra is say yes to the mess. And I really love that because it takes the overwhelm out of the equation and the perfectionism out of the equation. So Lori, can you tell me where that came from and how it helps someone overcome perfectionism and overwhelm? It came from our personal experience because Nola and I both have a background in copywriting and content creation and content strategy. And when we do it on behalf of, or when I do it, because that's my other business and Nola used to do it has her other business. So when we did that, what we found was that it was easier to write messaging about a business as it relates to the people who had come to their website or read the email or newsletter or blog post, whatever that is. But when you're doing it for yourself, you get so focused on doing it correctly that you never press for the button to upload. You never press go. You just get paralyzed there. It kind of started as more of a joke. Just say yes to the mess. Until you put it out there, you can't start editing it. Until you find out who shows up, who your ideal customer is or your client is, until you practice, you'll have no idea. So say yes to the mess was our way of encouraging each other. And then when we heard from other people who had that same paralyzed fear, analysis paralysis, we started using it that way with them as well. Yeah, that's really, really helpful because like I said, it gives me the same feeling that I get from all this well. Whenever I hear that, I get the feeling of do everything one step at a time. And I think it's normal for business owners, especially like you mentioned, if you're doing it for yourself, that's the time that when you most likely feel stuck. And yes. yeah, that mantra is just really, really helpful, straight to the point. And that's the reason why I love it. Nola, anything you'd like to add? Sure, sure. I mean, what is nice about that is I think I can be a little bit of a perfectionist. Not that you can't also, Lori, but... <laughs> But I know, at least speaking for myself, I think we know what the perfect scenario would look like, regardless of what working on. But especially when we work together on a podcast, we have very particular, basically a high bar, high standards, and we have very particular tastes, very particular ways we want things. And it comes to the point where you say yes to the mess knowing it's not exactly the epitome of what you know you can put out there, but you know that you can always come back to it. So it's not like crossing it off. You are saying this is good enough, but you're not saying, okay, this is as good as it's ever going to be because it's not. I mean, you're going to get better and better over time. And what's nice is usually, especially if you're just starting out in a business, whether it's a podcast or any other business, you have a very tiny audience to begin with. And the ones that come to you, most people do not even see those mistakes or 
they don't know what they don't know. You only see what you could do better. And so good enough really is good enough. And then as you grow your audience, your client based on the feedback and the communication, and when you get to know your customers, you can always improve that. But anyway, so say yes to the mess gives you permission to move on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I would add that I recently read something that I think applies to this as well, which is if you're not making mistakes in your business or in your life, you're not learning and you're not growing. So mm. say yes to the mess is kind oh. of your way or our way of saying, I want to learn. I want to grow. So let me start someplace. And this is the place I'm starting. I agree to that because I always say that the results, you can always adjust, but when you don't have results, you have nothing to adjust with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And next thing that I'd like to ask from you is about self-care. The reason why I would really love to have you on the show is because aside from your very actionable steps when it comes to digital marketing strategies and business, you don't forget to share and to make your listeners understand that self-care is really an ingredient in making a successful business or reaching their own definition of success. So I'd like to know, Nola, can you give me a quick backstory of when and how you were able to realize that self-care is never selfish and yeah, it's an ingredient to reaching your own definition of success? Sure. This is, again, like you said, my backstory. When Lori and I were working on launching our podcast, of course, COVID came and that created a stress for everybody. But even during that time, so I have a full-time job. I've always had a full-time job and I've almost always had a side business and, or I've been involved in something. So when Lori and I met, I was involved in a community organization and that's when we were first starting to kind of collaborate. Well, then I got promoted and got more and more busy, but we were really excited about this podcasting project and who knew how much time it would take to get prepared to really launch a professional podcast. So I had a really intense full-time job. My husband became ill and was no longer able to work and eventually got on disability, which required some caretaking. So I was also a caretaker, also trying to do more just because that's what you do. And I actually had my own clients and other organizations that I was still working on. I was just so overwhelmed. And then eventually we moved, which is a major life disruption. So we moved locations which meant packing everything up, trying to move and keep up our podcast and all of our work going on and my job, all of this. <laughs> there came a point where we had a guest on our show and she was a former health administrator, hospital administrator, and she was very burned out. Her topic was about burnout. And mm. I think we wanted her on there to talk about overwhelm. Well, I thought I'm handling things fine. I'm here, right? When she started going through all of the symptoms of burnout and all of the physical symptoms and all of the warning signs and just going down her list, I was checking them off in my mind one at a time. And by the time she finished talking, I was really struggling through the show. I was holding back tears. I, it was such an epiphany that this is me. I am so burned out. Here I talk about say yes to the mess, but I felt like a mess. <laughs> and that's because I was not sleeping right. I was not mm -hmm. eating. And so that very show, she started giving some of the basic tips as well. Here's how you make sure you have enough sleep. And here's what you do if you're feeling overwhelmed. And she gave a tip sheet and I started putting those into action immediately. 
And it really gave me a huge perspective on self-care. And so it still took practice. I will say it's easy to fall into the rut of, let me just do one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. It's still easy to lie awake and go through a to-do list. But now I do have a sleepy time meditation app to snap Mm -hmm. me out of it. (laughs) That was recommended by this person. Actually, her name was Carrie Brzezowski. Redwood Executive Coaching, I think was the name. Correct. But ever since then, it's not only just been a topic of our show or, hey, this is interesting. People are interested in it. Let's include it. It's more like if you're going to have a side business, it can be very stressful and it will not be fun unless you are practicing self-care very intentionally. Yeah, I totally agree with that because before when I started my business, there is this hustle culture. I think until now it's still existing, but then it's great that when some entrepreneur would also reach a point wherein she or he would realize or feel something that I have to take a rest, something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think it's really important for the listeners and I think everyone to know that hustle culture is not always the answer. Would you agree with that, Lori? Oh, I definitely would agree with what you just said. And I would also say that for NOLA, I think is pretty typical of what we imagine someone who would start a side business would be. They would be a professional, they have a full-time job, and now they want to explore some other interests and some other streams of income. At the same time that NOLA was having her personal experience of trying to hold it all together, I was 180 degrees from where she was. When we were talking about launching the podcast, there came a point where we were starting to work on it that I got diagnosed with cancer and ended up also moving. So I moved first, then Nola moved. But my mantra for cancer or dealing with it was that I had a team of professionals working on my illness. I needed to focus on my wellness Mm. because it was the only thing I could control in this process. And there were times where truly working on the podcast, getting it ready to go and coming up with all the website and the script and everything that was related to it. It was my lifeline. It was the Mm. thing that held me together, which was also maybe putting a little pressure on Nola to show up even when Mm -hmm. she was exhausted. But through that process, There were times where I and we had to lean into what was happening. There wasn't Mm -hmm. enough energy always. I couldn't meet every deadline that we had. And in the course of learning to let go and go with the flow, Mm -hmm. if you will, that became a way for us to say, you know what, when things don't go as planned, they still work out. They still Mm -hmm. get done. They just don't get done on the timeline that we initially set. Mm -hmm. So from our standpoint, we approached wellness differently, but the end result has been applicable all the way through. And we are starting our third year, if you Mm. can imagine. I kind of timed that to the process of post-cancer and the world went through healing with COVID as I was healing from cancer. So I felt like, you know, this is probably a really good time to practice it. And the end result is there are times where things don't get done on time and they still get done. All is well. Yeah. (laughs) So yes to the mess. Okay. Oh my gosh. I really felt that. I can't imagine how tough it has been for both of you 
especially for you, Lori, because cancer is really a heavy illness, right? So I think what you're doing is really great because as we say, our business, our content, it's an extension of ourselves. And I really admire that you both turned it into something that's really helpful for other entrepreneurs as well who are also in your path before. And yeah, I think that's the magic of creating content and having a podcast, right? Yeah. And you mentioned a while ago, Lori, that both of you were like working together still, even though you were both exhausted. And that kind of pushed Nola to show up, even though she was exhausted. Which brings me to my next question. Because a lot of people say that, or they advise, don't work with your friends <laughs> because it can jeopardize your relationship. But I see your dynamics and I really admire it because you're two different people with two different qualities, two different personalities, but it just works. So yeah, can you tell me how you make it work, Lori? That's a really good question. And a friend of mine just like a week or two ago asked me, you know, now that you and Nola have done this for a long time, what has changed about your friendship or what is your friendship like? And so I'm going to approach this from two different perspectives. We did an interview with two friends who set up consulting business and they had a long history together. One of them worked for the other one. So there was a knowledge share, there was learning, there was growth. And then they decided after decades to start a business together. And they went about it in a very professional way. Mm -hmm. They worked with, because of their tight relationship and their dynamic, they worked with a coach. They worked with an attorney that was a friend of, they really hammered out all the details to protect the business mm -hmm. and the business interests. Makes perfect sense. Nola and I did it a little bit differently. It's a podcast. We see it growing. We put some things in place. But what ended up happening was we did a retreat in person and it was a long weekend and we had great plans. We were going to hammer out some more podcasts and we were going to get our blog posts going and we had all these great plans. What ended up happening is the two of us actually shared personal information about each other mm -hmm. and it was scary to do because we were showing up what we were building our friendship on were all the things that we had in common, but all of us have within those things that we keep private, close mm -hmm. to our chest, the things that maybe we're embarrassed about, or we're afraid that somebody would judge us for. But in that weekend, we shared some very personal things. And what it did is took a risk. It opened our hearts up. And we realized that even though we had different stories to share, what our similarity was, was the thing that made it private for us. And that when we opened it up and we shared with each other, we were showing up authentically. And neither yeah. one of us was judging the other, but more relieved that, wow, you trust me enough to share something so personal. And it really opened the door to exactly how we problem solve. We know that things are going to come up. And what we now know, because we crossed that barrier, is that we can honestly say, I can't get to it. I don't have time to do it. It didn't go the way that I thought. I need help. Whatever it is, and the other person isn't going to judge us. We're going to step back and say, okay, 
What do we need to do in order to give you the break you need or in order to get this done? How do we need to plan out our timeline, readjust things to make it work, to make it doable and not feel that pressure? And it truly has been that things get done. Mm -hmm. Things still manage to work out because instead of trying to force it to happen, we're leaning into it and being mindful about it and letting it unfold and still move forward. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of words in my head hearing that story, that vulnerability, authenticity, trust, openness. Mm -hmm. And for others, it's not that easy to open what's in your heart to someone, right? So what do you think is that something that allowed you to, you mentioned that you attended a retreat, right? But what's that something that allowed you to be able to open that heart with each other? When we say retreat, it was just the two of us. It wasn't a guided retreat with a group. We had decided to meet. So we work remotely. We live in different parts of the Mm -hmm. U.S. And we decided to meet in a different place in another city. And we rented a townhome and we sat outside with our morning coffee. And I don't know what it was. I think I started spilling my guts first. I felt like, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. Maybe I hadn't drunk enough coffee yet to know better than to bear my soul. But it was like a little bit here. And then she's like, yeah, yeah, I can relate because such and such. And then, well, yeah, I can relate because it's such and such. And next thing you know, our coffee was long gone. It was way past lunchtime. But I think there was a need. Lori is a very private person. She is Mm. very sparkly, very friendly, very sociable. You want to get to know this person and you feel like you do to a certain extent, but there's Mm. this certain point to a certain degree, you know, you can feel like you've talked to her all day and spent the all day with her and she's never said anything about herself (laughs) or her day or anything. And she's, it's all been about you. So of course you walk away feeling just glowing, but because you've had all this wonderful, loving attention, but when, but we kind of did it back and forth and it became slowly safer and safer and safer before that. I had no idea. I mean, if I got her mad, I didn't know. She could just walk away and say, forget you, Nola. You know, I've had it with you. And I have one of those secret fears. If somebody's mad at me, they may never like me anymore. And they're just probably going to never have anything to do with me. You know, that's one of my, if I bared that (laughs) during our retreat, but it's one of those fears. I want everybody to like me. And I felt like before we let down our guard, our relationship could have been expendable if we're not for so much time invested in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Now that we've developed a level of trust and transparency, the friendship goes beyond what's been invested in the podcast. Now we can totally frustrate each other and we Uh do, but we know our friendship is solid. Mm -hmm. And she even calls me her work wife. (laughs) (laughs) Because when it comes to spouses, you can be really ticked off at each other, but you know, you love each other and you just kind of puff it off after a while and come back and Mm -hmm. it's fine. And that's pretty much the way we work. It doesn't happen often, but it's that solid. And that's the reason why I asked that question. Because for some, it really doesn't work. But whenever I see your dynamics, it's really fun to see it because, like I mentioned, you are both two different personalities. But, you know, it's working. And one thing that I noticed that 
adds fun to it and mm -hmm. excitement to it is your humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that only happens when we get together. We have some kind of a weird chemistry that makes us silly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we laugh at ourselves and we enjoy laughing at each other. And in that moment, we don't know if we're laughing at ourselves or each other. So it all works out perfectly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I've noticed that from day one. That's why whenever I also listen to both of you, I get this kind of energy. Even my editors, they also get that. And I want that's you to know great. that. Yeah, it's Thank really you. giving us good vibes. <laughs> and that's actually, I think my hidden agenda is that the joy and happiness mm -hmm. and even laughter that we express that it ripples out and makes a difference, even if we can't see it right now. Yeah. And I may tell you that we can feel that. <laughs> so awesome. And, you know, that's what people say about us working together mm -hmm. and listening to the podcast is that we bring something very unique to the table, yeah. that kind of chemistry. And I'm so glad that you highlighted highlighted that Nola and I are different. And I think we bring our strengths and our own superpower to the table. And we both believe not only in each other, but we believe in what we're doing and the purpose of who we want to serve. So mm -hmm. I think the foundational pieces have to be there. And then you build on top of that. And when you build on top of that, all those things that you, those buzzwords that you were able to pull out from what I was saying, that's when the magic can happen. Yeah. But if you don't have a safe place for that, then you run the risk of not showing up authentically and your work and your customers will pick up on that for sure. Mm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I love that you mentioned about safe place because I think that's what you were able to establish mm -hmm. during the retreat that you created or that mm -hmm. you have done. That's why, you know, you were able to open up with each other. And I just love when people get open with people because it's hard sometimes to penetrate with yeah. others, especially if they're private people, right? <laughs> yes, very. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> right. Okay. So now I want to go back to talk about self-care. I want to go back to that topic yeah. and ask you, what are your thoughts about health and wellness industry experts? amplifying their message. How important do you think that, you know, people like you who share self-care tips, make people understand that self-care is important? How important mm -hmm. is it that they continue amplifying their message? And do you think it can help the world be a better place if we hear these kinds of contents? And yeah, I want to hear from you, Nola. Cool. I grew up in a culture that really glorified the material success. Mm. And the longer you work, especially if you worked in a really nice suit <laughs> and really nice high heels, <laughs> then the more successful you were and the harder you work. So people would brag if they were a consulting firm or something, they would brag about how many hours they were. And it was, it's sad. And then I will say that having come from that, I originally in my career had experienced a type of burnout to where I basically changed my career path and said, this is toxic. This is not even healthy. This is before wellness was a thing. And then I found a different full-time job that utilized something that I enjoyed doing. Now, with that in mind, I've told you my other backstory about how life happened and so many things happened. Mm -hmm. Well, I already told you that it was a wellness expert 
who amplified the message of how important wellness is and self-care and did it in such a way that I'd heard, oh yeah, I'd heard self-care before, but it did it in such a way that I want to say it changed my life. And I no longer buy into the traditional definition of success, that material, Mm -hmm. got to have all these things to show. I've got to be able to flaunt my job title. And I'm not embarrassed if I don't have a managerial title. I'm happy to be doing what I like to be doing. I mean, I do have a managerial title, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. It's not something I brag about. (laughs) All that to say, if there are more people that are willing to do that on the air or in personal conversation or in their own businesses, I mean, so many wellness folks now are encouraged to create products or trainings or other materials or blogs. Get the word out. I really mm-hmm. think that a culture change is necessary. Now I say I grew up in that. I think it's starting to change. I think the wellness, the fact that self-care is even a term these days that people have heard, it's happening. But people, especially experts in the wellness industry, really, really keep it up. That's all I have mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for that, Nola. And yeah, Lori, I want to hear your thoughts as well. Well, I definitely think that Nola had said there was a time period and there still is a time period where being busy is as a badge of honor. But the problem with that is it leads to unhealthy other behaviors. And I think what happened during the pandemic is because people couldn't go out and socialize, couldn't work the same, although they did work a lot of hours and do work a lot of hours remotely because they didn't have to carpool or they didn't have some other things that they had to places they had to be. They were able to do the wellness care for themselves. But that doesn't mean that people understand all the types of wellness that are available Mm -hmm. to them. Everything from massage and acupuncture. And when we think of self-care, we think of getting a massage or getting your nails painted, but there's so Mm. much out there about self-care that we don't know. So if we're not hearing it from the professionals in the industry and we're not learning from them how they bring it into their life and into their business, then there's a big gap in how do we know the best approaches, the best practices for taking care of yourself. In my background is in mental health. So I came from the mental health field. And one of the things that you were required to do, especially if you were doing private practice, is you had to have a professional that you talk to. Think of it like a mentor that you would Mm -hmm. go to so that you didn't become what's called meshed in your client's concerns so that you didn't put so much of your energy and your time in your clients that you neglected yourself or that some of your own issues were coming out in the therapy process with your clients. So you needed that other person in order to have an objective set of ears and eyes hearing what was happening. I think of the mental health field And the wellness field is kind of being that. You have the ability to recognize the things that people don't know lead to burnout or overwhelm, like when Nola was sharing her experience with our guest that we interviewed. So it's really important on two fronts. 
one, to make sure that you in the field are getting your own, living your words, right? Mm. Walking the walk, talking the talk. But it's also helpful if you let other people know that there's a variety of ways to take care of yourself. One of my personal ones that I start my day with is 15 minutes of listening to or doing mindful meditation. Mm -hmm. And what I like about that is you could do it for one minute and still get benefits. I just happen to lock in on 15 minutes. Some people lock in on a lot more time. So knowing what you can do in one minute, five minute, 15 minute kind of building from there really gives you a list of things that you can do to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because before I started working with a health and wellness client, Whenever I wake up, I go directly to my laptop and then work. <laughs> but because of, you know, hearing this kind of content, I was able to build habits like meditation, yoga that helped me do everything much lighter and calmer. And you mentioned about one minute meditation can do a lot mm -hmm. of things for you. My mental health coach actually mentioned that it's helpful if you do or start doing these habits with only one minute and then add more minutes to it as you go along. Which actually leads me to my other question because for entrepreneurs, especially if they're kind of getting overwhelmed, first question is, do you think it's necessary that you have a team behind you that help you does all the work? And when do you think is the best time for you to have a team do all of these work? I definitely think you need help. But your question is, when is the best time? Hmm. My thought philosophy on this is time is money. So you're either spending your time taking care of the detail stuff, or you're spending your time getting new customers and clients. Mm. The choice is yours. But if you want to grow your business, you have to learn how to delegate. And sometimes where you start might be what you can afford, right? Mm -hmm. So you're starting with maybe not as high a quality of a team, but as the income starts coming in, then you can upgrade. We, Nola and I, in our discussion, we felt like we were overwhelmed trying to manage so many different aspects of our life that we weren't making progress forward. And we had to make the decision, would it be better not only for our business, but for our mental and mm. well-being to have a team and finding the right person is so, so important. And Nola, I don't remember how many people we reached out to. I know it was probably like a half a dozen out of the half a that. dozen. Yeah, I think half of those people responded with Kai being one of them. So we had four responses. I remember that one person didn't follow through. So we asked for some referrals, some examples of their work. They just didn't respond. Three people did. Kai, you being one of those people. <laughs> and because you showed up so professionally and made us who we were very scared, you were going to be our first team member, because you made us feel comfortable about what you were able to do, we felt confident 
in making the choice to hire you. We have never looked back from that decision. And we have taken pride in the fact that our person is now her own business and has a team herself. Um, We think that's amazing. And so we feel lucky (laughs) to to be a part of that, you know, way back when. But it is important and it can be a slow process. But even having one person part-time can really lift burden off of your shoulders that free you up to do the things either that you're really good at, the things that you really love, and or ways to grow your business, which will mm. then help you pay for the team that yours mm. is there to help you. Yeah. 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 Yes. I will say when we were first starting out, I really, really love editing podcasts and doing the technical side of things. Lori, I mean, we can both write, but Lori is really good at the creative writing and getting us all the front end stuff. And I'm really good at all the back end stuff. And I enjoyed it. However, it is time consuming. And one of the factors of me becoming really burned out and really overwhelmed was the amount of time it took. And that was one of our very serious discussions with Lori and I is something's got to give. If we want to do all of this other stuff, and at some point I'm going to need a full night's sleep, (laughs) we probably need to get this taken care of. But I was very, this is one of those things where I did not want to say yes to the mess because (laughs) that's our final product. That's what everybody's going to hear. And now, of course, looking Mm -hmm. back at some of our first ones, we had a lot of work to do, but we did say yes to the mess. But when it came to (laughs) editing, we wanted to make sure that it was somebody that could make it as good a quality as I could do myself. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was for me the the timing was I'm one person, our activity has grown. And in order to continue to grow, we need to let something go. But it is important. You're absolutely right. When it's on your team, it, having that right fit is so important. Yeah. I would add to that, Nola, that, you know, we have a three-stage review process here for editing. So Nola takes out big chunks so that Kaya and your team can really focus in. Now, one of the strengths that was very important because Nola also hit on this is we have a very high bar for editing, very high. We didn't want somebody just to come in and take out the ums and ahs and the little faux pas. We're telling a story and we want that story to show up in the final product. So when we hand it over, in this case, to you and your team, we needed you to understand what was important to us. Mm -hmm. And a real good support team learns that. They bring in their expert skill set, they bring in their experience, and they join that with what you want and what you need to make your quality product the end result. So after the second review happens and the editing really gets tight, I do the final editing because now I can go back to the script I can go back to the story we're telling. I can make those small little tweaks. And both Nola and myself now are not doing the heavy work. We're doing the work that helps make the final product the best product we can put out. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you. In a way, I hear from you. It's sort of feedback on how we perform. And I really thank you because you appreciate the work that we do. And aside from that, I'm happy because with what we do, it allows you to focus on your genius. And you mentioned a while ago, Lori, that 
time is the currency here, right? And yeah, I agree because doing repetitive tasks, especially menial tasks that take a lot of your time can also take you off those areas that you should be focusing on. And thank you. And I want to go now to my next question, which is about strategies. Okay, I want to hear... What do you think is the one effective strategy for a health and wellness business, uh, B2C, to grow their business even more? This is kind of broad, but let's say they have a great following, they have a podcast, they create good content, but they don't know how to maximize it and they don't know what to do next. So what kind of advice can you give to these kinds of content creators? That is a wonderful problem to have. I mean, so many people do not even get that far, but when you're putting out great content and you have a following, that's huge. Now, like you said, the question is what to do with it. I would say, first of all, know your audience, find out who they are. Depending on the platform, there are analytics available to tell you where are they coming from and what demographics, at least basic demographics. And also you can take polls and especially if it's a YouTube channel or other things, have them answer questions that get help you to get to know what are their likes and dislikes. Now you can also take a poll to find out what kinds of services or products that you would like that they may want to offer. So you might have some ideas. Perhaps you're thinking of offering a course, or perhaps you have some ideas for an ebook, or perhaps you have some service package that you're thinking of creating. Ask the audience, what would this mean to you? Would you like it this way or this way? And what that does is not only help you learn more about your audience, it also means you're engaging with them. So it's not necessarily to, I mean, certainly you're getting, you know, that competitive intelligence to find out what they like, but Mm -hmm. that kind of engagement tells them that you are there to serve them. They Mm -hmm. may be following you because of some service or some content you've provided, but when they are being asked their opinion, that's huge. And it makes them more engaged. And engagement is also, of course, good for their whole social media and search engine and results and things like that. But I would say once they know their audience, they can now craft their products and services based on now an ideal customer that they know is very on target. Mm -hmm. Then they can create, I would say, create some tiered pricing based on based on the budget of their listeners, something that is very low priced, something that is a premium product, and then something in between. Mm-hmm. And very often, it's that low product, that low price that gets people over the psychological barrier of making a purchase. And then they find out how much, what the quality is, and they learn what they can expect for the price from that provider. And then they're more likely, if they have the budget, to now invest in something even more because they understand the value that they are getting for their dollar. Mm -hmm. So know your audience, find out what they need, and develop different tiers of packaging for them. And then I would also say, make sure during that time to find a way to get their email so that you can now develop your own list and let them know when things are available. 
Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned about pulse because a lot of people, whenever they start, or business owners, whenever they start, they create content and then they ask or they say, I don't have any contents to create. And I think that's the best way on how you can know what's on the minds of your audience by simply yes. creating polls or asking them questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. thoughts, Laurie? How about you, the strategy that you have in mind? Just talking about the word strategy gets my ears all perked up and gets me (laughs) on my juices flowing because I really like to talk about that. But in listening to what Nola had said and kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, social media has changed a lot and it changed even more during the pandemic. And in 2023, we just did a podcast on seven trends Mm. that you can expect. And one of the big ones is how people are using social media. So They go to different platforms for different reasons and different expectations. And the idea here as a business owner, your tendency, it's natural to want to push what you're selling or what you can do for a client or a customer. But when you do that, you make it all about you. And it's Mm. not about you. It's about Mm. your customer. It's about your audience. It's about the people that you want to help and serve. So how do you create content that really resonates with their pain points? And there's two ways to think about that in and of itself. You're either reducing pain or you're posting something that increases pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the health and wellness, you can do both, right? So you can talk about it from the standpoint of a common pain point that someone has literally physically or mentally or emotionally. And you can offer up some ways that have nothing to do with selling them, Mm -hmm. but that help with the overall or holistic approach to that problem or for that solution. So I think you want to keep that in mind. I also think that you want to keep kind of considered a five to one ratio for every one post that you do or email marketing newsletter that you send out that is about what you have to offer. You have five other pieces of content that are really focused on your ideal customer and what they need and what they're searching for Mm -hmm. without it having the end goal being buy from me. Don't make that the end result because what happens is when you offer up ideas and solutions, we often get afraid that if we give it away for free, they'll go somewhere else. No, that's where you're building trust because Mm. now you've offered something unique about you, unique about your style that only you can provide. So Mm. it's like giving somebody an idea of what it would be like to work with you. And once that bridge is built, Of course, people, they've invested time reading about what you have to say or hearing, in our case, podcasts, Mm. hearing what you have to say. So that investment endears them to you as long as you're providing value to them. Okay. No like and trust, right? And this is the reason why I love love trust listening to you because I learn a lot. I'll put the link in the show notes, of course. To listeners, I invite you to listen to the Sticky Brand Lab podcast because they are really creating very actionable steps. They're very digestible and it's much easier to do them because it's they are really actionable and digestible. So I'll be putting the link below. And yeah, sadly, we're going to the end of the episode, but I have one last question for you. 
I want to ask your own definition of success. So let's start with Lori. My definition of success is for me that I'm constantly learning, constantly growing. And in that covers a wide range of things. So constantly learning, constantly growing. In my friendship with Nola, it Mm. was about leaning in and being vulnerable and trusting the process and revealing something about myself. With my family, it's about knowing that, okay, there comes a time when work, the day ends and that's my time. And I make that time for family, for friendships. And then I try to always, well, this is a little personal piece, but my husband and I end most nights saying what we're grateful for that Mm. happened in that day. And we actually say, what are the three things you're grateful for today? And it has Mm. to be today. And Mm. we have to think about it. And sometimes that's just the fact that, you know, dinner was delicious. Sometimes Mm. it's the fact that I got five minutes sitting outside, but I realize that what makes success, what makes me happy are those little things that add up to a big thing at the end of the day or at the end of the week or the end of the month. Oh, that's so true. I think those are priceless moments right? That you can treasure. Yes. How about you, Nola? (laughs) So my definition of success is peace. And there was a time probably early on in my career, I wanted to make six, seven, eight figures, the farther, faster, the better. Now I just want financial peace. You know, that's a good goal because I mean, financially peace, relationships, peace, Mm -hmm. harmony, because that's good vibes. Even in my environment, peace. I like just a peaceful environment. So to me, a definition of success is peace because that just means that all is well. Yeah. Oh, that's so meaningful. Can we turn the tables on you and ask what your definition of success is? Yes. Okay. For me, my own definition of success is being able to spend time with my family and basically having freedom because you don't get that every day. But doing this kind of business helps me do that in a way that I have a choice. You have an option, whether if you'd like to work today and focus on your business today, you have an option to do that. If tomorrow you want to spend your time with your family, then you also have the option to do that because you're free. And I think that would also help me find peace because I can decide for myself and not be just boxed out of my time working. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank that you so really much. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And this is actually very meaningful because, you know, I think that one of the things that they always say is find or work with people who are aligned with what you believe in, what your goals are. And in a way with how you answer your questions, I feel like I'm really working with the right people. And that is an additional happiness to me. So again, yeah, thank you for your trust with (laughs) us from the very beginning. (laughs) We're more than a team. We're kind of like a family now. Yeah. (laughs) In many ways. Thank you so much, Nola and Laurie. And yeah, I would just like to express my gratitude here in this episode, though we can't see each other in person. I hope that you feel the gratitude that I have. And yeah, I think... That's it, guys, for this episode. Every time that we do interview, I think the time is, you know, 
going so fast. But all the links I'll be adding in the show notes. And okay. to close the show, Nola and Lori, can you please tell them where they can find you? Sure. Our website is stickybrandlab.com. You can find us on any podcast player under Sticky Brand Lab. And both our Facebook and Instagram handles are Sticky Brand Lab. You mm-hmm. can also find each of us on LinkedIn. Yes. So you can find Lori, L-O-R-I-V-A-J-D-A. I would be happy to connect with anybody and love to on LinkedIn. Yeah. Follow them on Facebook if you want to have some funny or calming posts. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> Follow them there. Okay. So All right. this yeah, has been ahead. wonderful. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much Thank for having you us on much. your show. Yeah, that makes yes. my heart happy at the beginning of the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for uh, tuning into this episode. And I'll see you again. This has been the podcast show by Podcast Media, helping you heal people one podcast at a time. And I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode. If you need help growing and monetizing your podcast, don't forget to visit podkai.com and book a call with us. We want to know more about you.